Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. podcast listener and welcome to geek fallout reloaded the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks i'm your host this week my name is chris lockhart and joining me online is my co-host in crime mr kevin decent how's it going kevin it is going well chris um long time no talk i'm i'm excited for uh what we got for updates here for this episode excellent um all right well we're just going to jump right in unfortunately uh, we're starting with our in memoriam segment because uh, unfortunately in pop culture we lost a lot of uh, people since our last recording. Uh, first up, um, we lost Nichelle Nichols, uh, the original Star Trek's uh, Lieutenant Uhura, or Commander Uhura as she became in the in the movies. Uh, she passed away from natural causes July 30 at the age of 89. Um, yeah, that's, it's really terrible. Um, the original series, there's only three of them left. Now, uh, Walter Koenig, uh, George Takai, and William Shatner. And they're all getting up there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's too bad. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, she was a great actress. I uh, loved her as Uhura. Um, she, you, you know, used to tell this uh, story at conventions and in, in interviews that um, she was going to actually quit Star Trek after the first season because she wasn't happy that, you know, she was just a communications officer. She was just, you know, wasn't... She just wanted to move on to other things. I think she wanted to, get to you know, go to Broadway and stuff. And then she happened to run into Martin Luther King Jr. at... Um, at a rally somewhere and he wanted to meet her and then he's like you know i'm a big fan you know i really enjoy the show and she said well thank you but i'm actually thinking about leaving and he's like you can't you have to stay on the show like you you know you don't understand um how important it is to see you uh as as not only a person of color uh but a woman of color um on that bridge you know working with you know other people of other ethnicities and you know and you're you're a part of that you're part of something that's very special you can't quit 
so she ultimately stayed with the with the show and with the franchise and her being on there inspired uh future stars like uh whoopi goldberg whoopi goldberg has cited nichelle nichols as being her inspiration um for wanting to pursue acting and show business and ultimately why she was a, a fan of star trek which ultimately led to her getting the role of guinan in star trek the next generation so uh yeah uh Michelle, i i met her once at a convention i want to say six years ago i think it was 2016 um yeah super nice lady like you know i've never heard anyone say anything bad about her other than you know she's su super nice like she's not you know she's she's not mean at all and uh yeah i just remember having a nice conversation with her and got my autograph and and that was it but uh yeah it's uh you know too bad that she passed away um it was you know like the way it was coming out too um i was sure it was going to be a hoax mm. Or, you know, someone got the information wrong, or, no, she's just in the hospital, but she's fine. Like, I was positive within an hour or so there's going to be a retraction of it. Yeah. Well, I think she'd been sick for a little while, I think. Um, but, yeah. Um, all right, so another unfortunate passing. Um, Roger E. Mosley, he played T.C., on Magnum PI. Uh, he passed away at 83 following complications from a car crash Sunday, August 7th. Um, yeah, again, uh, Magnum PI, I love that show. Um, when I was a kid, um, I used to watch it as an adult. I want to say in the early 2000s, it used to be on. Um, and yeah, that's. He got into a car crash, unfortunately passed away. And he was uh, 83. Um, next up, uh, the next day, on Monday, August 8th, uh, we lost Olivia Newton-John. Uh, she passed away at the age of 73 following a long battle with breast cancer. Uh... I, 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 I loved her. I'm, I'm not a big musical person, but I loved her in Greece, and I loved that movie um, because of her and, and Travolta and, and uh, Jeff Conway. And, and, you know, like the, it was just a, a great cast of, of, of actors. And that song she does, um, oh, what's it called now? Where she's singing about... Uh, about um, Danny Zuko. Oh, what? Oh, Hope, hopelessly yes. devoted. Yes, yes, hopelessly devoted. Man, that she was amazing with that song. Such a beautiful voice. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I knew she was fighting cancer for a long time, and and it's too bad, you know. Like she, she um, I used to have a, you know, when I watched that when I was a kid, I had a huge crush on her. She was so beautiful. And still was, you know, um, these last few years. And I know she did a lot of um, humanitarian work and stuff. So, you know, very good person. 
every <laughs> everything Olivia Newton John that you can think of has been coming through the library the last couple of days since her death. Mm. So like Grease, Xanadu. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, and any CDs of her albums. Um, I, you know, uh, we were bringing up the story again, but a couple years ago I posted on Facebook. I said, I honest to God, up until today, you know, whatever day that was a couple years ago, thought Let's Get Physical was actually about going to the gym. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great song, gonna, too. Yeah, oh, it's a great song. I think it was because of the music video. Yeah. Like, I just took it at face value, you know? didn't think anything more of it. Um, but it just seemed like such a wholesome person in mm-hmm. everything that she did. Yep. You know, you never heard anyone with a bad story about her or a bad thing to say and just seemed like a, a genuine good person that good things happened to yep. in, in her career and life, you know? Um, John Travolta, first person to release a statement, and it's like, yeah, did they do just one movie together? Yeah, it was just one movie. But it's also one of the most iconic movies ever mm-hmm. for so many people. Like, you, you know, you had to say something. It sounds like they really did, you know, keep in contact over the years and had a friendship, too. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, they used to meet up every once in a while and, and dress up as their characters uh, for photo shoots and stuff. Um, I think the most recent one was, like, 2016. I think it was six years ago. Um and yeah, like she, she was just a genuinely nice person, and uh, yeah, it's a real shame. You know, seventy three. She, she's, you know, like honestly, I don't think seventy three is that old anymore. Like it really isn't. No. Now, not to take away from the seriousness of her death, but wasn't there something really weird with her husband a couple of years ago? Like we didn't know if he was dead or missing or. What was going on? Uh, now that you say that, I think there might have been something. I can't, now that you, you know, I can't remember, but. Yeah, like they went on vacation and he didn't come back or he turned up missing. She thought he was dead and then it turned out he was alive and had just like ditched her. I don't know. There's something weird going on for a while about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nope. I, I have, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll when you're all done, I have for the in memoriam. I I'm gonna throw one in there uh, in advance. Okay. Um. But yeah, uh, like I said, like with Greece, like I'm not a big musical person, but I do like Greece. I I love that movie. That is one movie that I'll actually rewatch. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with Olivia Newton-John. She was so amazing in that film. Um. But yeah, um, all right. So yesterday, uh, he was. This wasn't a. Uh, you know, it, it's a famous name in the uh, Edmonton Oilers um, fan fan base. A young Oilers fan named Ben Stelter. Um, he was an Oilers super fan. Uh, he passed away at the age of six yesterday from brain cancer. Um, it, I just so it's so heartbreaking um, that a little little guy like that has to battle brain cancer, um, and 
you know, he was such a, a beacon of hope uh, for Oilers fans. Like he, um, I can't remember how he got it got associated with the Oilers. Like I think it, it might have been like a one of the Make a Wish Foundation wishes or something, because he was such a big Oilers fan. He, you know, he wanted to meet them and stuff, and then they just embraced him. And towards the end of the regular season, the Oilers were like on a winning streak at home. And it, and everyone attributed to Ben being because he would he would uh, every game he attended the Oilers would win, so he would you know he was uh, seen as a as a good luck charm, and um, during the playoffs you know he was there a lot, and um, when the Oilers were playing uh, the L.A. Kings first up. And then they played uh, the Calgary Flames in the second round, and then they played the Colorado Avalanche in the third round. Um, those opposing teams embraced this little guy as well, and they would raise money uh, for cancer research in his name. Um, you know, and being a being a true Oilers fan, he did not like Calgary at all. And kudos to Calgary because like they issued a statement at the time saying you know like ben you might you might not like us but we like you and we're gonna you know tonight you know whatever proceeds whatever it was you know will be will be put towards cancer research in your name because you know we appreciate everything that you're doing so kudos you know like i'm not a calgary fan either uh but kudos to the calgary uh group for doing that um and, and like I said, L.A. and, and Colorado as well. Um, so, yeah, that uh, that was hard news to, to see yesterday because uh, he was such an well, amazing I, little guy. I saw the I saw the years on a post, probably one that you posted, and yeah. I honestly thought it was the years that the adult in the picture had played for them. Oh, yeah, that... Because that's Connor McDavid, the, the one I posted. Um, yeah, so I thought, oh, that's yeah. the years that he was with the team or something like that. You know, I didn't expect yeah. that to be this horrible the story of, uh, of a little kid there. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, just amazes me because, he, you know, he just seemed to be so happy and, and you know, and just a, a, a shining star, you know, while he's battling this terrible disease. And, uh, yeah, but anyway, um, I don't know if this was the one you were going to mention, Kevin, but I just wanted to say that today, as of today's recording, um, which is, uh, August 11th, which is also my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, Brianna. Um, this is also, unfortunately, the eighth anniversary of the death of Robin Williams. Um, again, you know, uh, someone that was taken, taken too soon. He was, you know, there, there's a, a documentary that HBO did a few years ago that I highly, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, but they basically talked about like Robin Williams and, and, you know, his life and, and, you know, his last few years and he actually, um, was going through a health crisis at the time. Like he, you know, he was getting dementia 
and stuff, and they figure that's why he took his life, because he didn't want to, you know, not be him anymore. So, uh, I just, I just remember eight years ago just being, like, in shock when I heard that he passed away. Because he was, you know, Robin Williams, such a, uh, huge part of my life, you know, like, so many of his movies I've seen and loved, um, and he, and he just seemed like such a happy person to, you know, to know that he committed suicide, it was, it was tough. Um... But I guess you don't really know a person and, and the struggles they're going through unless you are that person. So but. no, and and it seemed like no one wanted to believe it either. That that was a big one that when his name started trending mm-hmm. online, people were like, "Oh, is it his birthday or something?" Yeah. And I remember posting a, an R.A.P. Robin Williams type thing on Facebook, and one of the first comments I got was someone saying, "That's not funny." Yep. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not funny. I, and I wish it wasn't true. Yeah. Well, I it, it kind of reminded me of like when Michael Jackson died. Because I remember, you know, my, talking to my, my sister at the time was living in Sweden with my brother-in-law when Michael Jackson died. And they heard about it before I did. And I was like, no, Michael Jackson didn't. You know, I turned, you know, I turned on the news channel. There's nothing about it on there. I'm like, no, there's no way. And then, yeah, you know, I remember when I heard the Robin Williams thing, I heard it on the radio, and I, I didn't believe it at first. And then I heard it again, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, maybe there is something to this. But, anywho, uh, Kevin, um, you had another one to, to throw in there? So, well, it, it's coming out now, um, but from uh, when we're recording this, and, you know, whenever we get to record the next one here i'll I'll throw it on now but uh it's being reported now that uh and Heche was declared brain dead oh. and yep and they're just uh they're seeing um they're checking organs right now because she was down for organ donation um before it's officially called yeah, that's terrible. But uh, it, was a, it was a People magazine one saying, like, her family released a statement that uh, she's in that coma. Uh, she suffered severe brain injuries from that accident and the fire and everything. And she's not coming out of it. Yeah. I was actually going to bring that up uh, during the news segment. Not not what you just what you just said about the about the you know, the brain dead thing, but uh, the fact that she was gravely injured and in a coma following a car crash last week. Um, and unfortunately, they found that she had drugs in her system and believed that she was up driving under the influence. Well, I, like, unfortunately, we'll never hear from her, but I really feel like there's a long story behind this. Yeah. Um, you know, was it just drugs? Was it drinking? Was it a mental health issue? Was it a breakdown? You know, what happened? There's, uh, that she crashed into one car and then she kept driving. Um, and then I don't know if you've seen the overhead, um, helicopter video, some news helicopter. No. Videos that's out there. Oh no. my God, Chris. Um, so it's after she crashed into that house. Yeah. Um, there's a news ho- helicopter overhead because, of course, it's L.A. Of course, there's a helicopter overhead reporting mm-hmm. it. 
and and they don't know they don't know that it's her yet. They don't know that's a celebrity. They just know that this thing happened. They're recording it for the news, and you see the the charred vehicle just all burnt out. And they're like, okay, we we don't know what they're doing. They might be rescuing someone. Well, it looks like they end up pulling her out the passenger side and going like through these bushes mm-hmm. uh, to get her out of there. So you, all wrapped up in white on a stretcher. And you're like, okay, well, that's it. Yeah. You know, and, and everyone watching, they're like, okay, they pulled the body out. That's it. You know, um, they get to the ambulance and she sits straight up and starts reaching for them. Just looks like full Romero zombie scene. Whoa. It's so freaky. And it's, it's gotta be, you know, whatever was in her system, like kicking in one last time and, causing that reaction and i'm sure it was reactions that she couldn't even control well that or i wonder if they gave her narcan oh that's true too because i know um like having taken first aid and and stuff um i know like they say like it when when someone's overdosing or whatever and you give them narcan like they'll just like snap too and immediately like i know a lot of paramedics like especially when you know, it's a drug addict, you know, immediately they're mad and they, they're like, they're trying to fight with the paramedic because they took their high away, not realizing they just saved their life from an overdose. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's too bad. I I hate, you know, seeing celebrities, you know, when, when they fall like this. Um, Well, I hate seeing anybody fall like this because like, um, like you you mentioned like mental health, you know, like mental health and addiction go hand in hand. Like a lot of times when, when someone has an addiction, like there's, there's a reason, like there's, uh, it's a form of self-medication. Um, so who knows like what, what was happening with Anne Heche. Um, I just, I, I remember her, she was in that Harrison Ford movie. Um, was it six days and seven nights? Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, I remember watching that back in the day. I didn't hate it. Like, you know, um, you know, I just, yeah. And, and her, you know, of course, dating Ellen. I remember that being a big thing at the time. Um, well, and and that was kind of a weird thing. They had, um, uh, who's Ellen's girlfriend now? Portia de Rossi, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, they had her release a statement like, oh, we hope for the best and everything. I'm like, what odd moment to like you're releasing a statement for your girlfriend's ex just because of how famous that relationship was yeah like what an odd position to be in yeah well and the thing is i think maybe the reason why they like why she did it and not ellen herself is because of what ellen's going through like with the backlash of that's true yeah you know you know, people saying that she was, you know, not a nice person to work with. You know, all these stories are coming out. They say that's why, you know, she's leaving her show. And, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, they would have seen that it might have been Ellen trying to look good in the public eye if she had done it herself. So, yeah. Well, and, and that relationship was like 20 years ago. <clears throat> yeah. M- I mean, maybe she, even more. Yeah. She's been with Portia for a long time, a long time. Yeah, so like you're you're 
like imagine something happens to you and there's a statement from someone you dated 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a little different. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, well, well that being said, let's let's move into our news segment. Um so I'm sure you've heard this Kevin that Batgirl, the the 90 million dollar movie that apparently is finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, is being canceled by the WB, um, by Warner Brothers, I mean. And it's not even being released at all. Like, it's not going to be, you know, like, they're not going to try and recoup their losses by, you know, going straight to DVD or having it on, on HBO Max. They're just shelving it. Like, it's not going to see the light of day. And the rumor is, the reason why they're doing this is for tax purposes. That they figure they can recoup, like using it as a, apparently some sort of tax write-off, they can recoup more money from it than they think they could make by releasing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and like I said, this—I uh, I think I mentioned it um, might have been on our Pop Culture Pub—that Michael Keaton was going to be in this movie with J.K. Simmons as. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, which was I thought was weird, but whatever. Um, and yeah, they're just gonna uh, not release it. And and like I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, like ninety million dollars. Like I think it was Ben Shapiro uh, was saying, like ninety million dollars. Like you know, that could have went a long way to you know feeding the homeless. And it's like, yeah, but you got to remember, like that ninety million dollars. It's not. Like, they're just throwing money away. Like, that money did pay for people to work. You know, like, those, you know, like, everyone that worked on that movie did get paid out of that money. Um, it's just, they're not going to recoup anything from it. So, yeah. Well, and movie, like, the movie industry <clears throat> and the math and everything is, is super weird. Mm -hmm. Um, because, all right, let's say that the Batgirl movie costs $90 million to make. That doesn't mean that's $90 million and they're done. Most movies will say it takes, like, three times what the actual budget of making the movie is to promote it, put it out in the theaters, do all the press, that's do true. all the interviews. Like, all, there's so much other, the travel, you know, there's so much other stuff that's involved outside of just making the movie. And then they can start seeing profits. So when you see these movies, it's like, oh, it cost $50 million to make and only made 100 so it's a bust. It's like, but they made double their money. No, once you add in everything, they didn't make any money. Yeah. So, but you also have this merger of Warner Brothers and Discovery, which it's yes. like, okay, so Discovery has more money than Warner? Yeah, I found um, that strange. Yeah, but what... Uh, I was listening to some other podcasts and, and they reminded me that Warner Brothers has, uh, quote, been a slut for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, they were bought by, by Time Magazine. They were bought by AOL. Like, they're, they're always willing to get bought out by someone. Yeah. And this new guy there with Discovery has already said, okay, we're going to merge Discovery Plus and HBO Max, which makes sense. But now we have a lot of positions that are redundant because we don't need two people, you know, one person doing this job for HBO Max, another person doing this job for Discovery. Yeah. When it's going to be one thing. We just need one person doing it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. 
Um, and, and it hurts and a lot of people lose their job, but that does make sense. So now it's like, okay, where else can we cut money? And they're looking at these movies and TV shows. And for some reason, this Batgirl one, they didn't think is going to make money if they release it because yeah, it's 90 million and it would need to actually make 300 million probably mm-hmm. to make up for everything that they did. So just scrap it. Uh, they scrapped the Scooby-Doo sequel, that Scoob, yeah. um, Scoob. Yeah. one, they, yep, scrap that. There's word today that everyone's expecting Titans and Doom Patrol to be canceled on HBO Max. Yep. Um, and a lot of the stuff, it's like, well, people are shocked. How come this isn't being canceled? And it's like, well, look at who's doing it. Uh, Peacemaker's not canceled, but if you do, you piss off James Gunn, and then James Gunn doesn't want to work for Warner Brothers anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's worth it to keep him happy. Uh, Kevin Smith was posting that they were going to do an HBO Max series called Strange Adventures, which was going to be an anthology series. And every episode would be like an underutilized DC character. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be like a Dr. Fate one. And Kevin Smith was going to do a Bizarro episode. Like all sorts of stuff. That's all gone. People don't know what the cartoons are going to be like and all. And then, and, and you might get to it, I'm not sure, but everyone's also upset because they're saying you canceled Batgirl, but you're still trying to get Flashpoint out there. Yeah. As Ezra Miller gets worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, because he just got arrested for burglary, I think, in Vermont or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's mess. Makes no sense. But they're like, well, we've put so much money into this. And apparently one of the things that they, so there, there's one idea to scrap it, one idea to refilm with a different actor, which is going to cost a fortune too. Or one of their other ideas and probably cheapest idea was, um, to have him make a formal apology for his actions and say that he'll be better and he'll get his stuff together and then they'll let him go on the press tour. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to regret it. Yeah. <laughs> it gets that far. Yeah. So, and, and this new guy from discovery wants to focus on, Oh, well let's do Batman stuff because Batman always makes a lot of money, but let's not do side things like bat girl. It's like people know who bat girl is. Yeah. Batgirl passes the grandma test there. They're going to know. Yep. So I don't know what you, you know, think is more marketable, but, and, and oh, we got a 10 year plan. You got, you might have a 10 year Batman plan. You don't have a 10 year DC plan to finally catch up with Marvel. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it'll be a mess over there for quite a while still. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any, any kind of DC plan. I don't even look at anymore. Like I still remember the whole thing where, Justice League 2 was supposed to come out in, like, 2019 or something, and um, we were supposed to have a Cyborg movie, and there was originally supposed to be a Flash movie, like, six years ago, and, yeah, I, I, I don't follow anything that you say, but, anywho, uh, the next item I have on my list is Jeanette McCurdy's memoir, uh, which is titled, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Uh, sells out on Amazon one day after its release. 
Um, so she, this is the actress that played Sam on High Carly, and then she was on, oh, Sam and something. Sam and Cat, I think. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. Yeah. My, my kids used to watch these shows. So that's how I know this actress. And then I've, I've seen her in other things, too. Um, and then, like, they did this iCarly reboot. Was it last year or this year? And she wasn't in it. Like, she's apparently quit acting. And, and she's she does a podcast now. Uh, and now she has this book. And, um, yeah. Um, she, yeah, apparently it's sold out. So, uh, good for her. I'm going to listen to the audiobook. I think, uh at the end of the month when my when my credits come up i'm gonna get it and uh listen to it uh because yeah it the title definitely has me interested uh, apparently her mom was not a nice person and i guess she doesn't hold back in this memoir um so yeah maybe it'll shine some light on some of these you know celebrity parents that uh you know push their kids and push their kids and and take and take and um, speaking of which, I watched this video on YouTube yesterday about Shirley Temple, and man, you know, did she get treated like crap when she was a kid. Um, like, her parents literally stole millions from her, and I mean, this is back in a day when, like, a million dollars would probably be, like, worth 50 million today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that her parents, you know, did so much damage to to her, you know, taking her money. It's just amazing that, uh, you know, that they got away with it. But, you know, back then kids had no rights, I guess. Um, but anywho, uh, Kevin, did you have any news you wanted to throw out there? Well, um, for this book though, Mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah. Um, she also gets into, now, are you aware of all the possible, like, sex abuse, minor grooming from Nickelodeon at that time? Yeah, the the cr- Dan Schneider, the creator. Dan Schneider, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah apparently, no. yeah, he's a little different. And then there was also some controversy with her dating one of the s- producers, or no, script supervisors or something. Because he yeah. was like 36 and she was like 18 or something at the time. Yeah, and, and it sounds like she talks about some of it in there. She, she'll she call him the creator, mm. and she means the creator of the show. Mm-hmm. But there was, uh, who who is it? Is Ariana Grande a, a Nickelodeon girl at first? Yeah, I think so, because she was on that Sam and Cat show. She was okay. Cat. Yeah. Okay. So someone put a, together a video of all these Ariana Grande stuff, and it was like her doing, uh, it's supposed to look like she's, recording herself in her room with her phone or a video camera or whatever, um, being silly as part of the show. And I guess it was like, you know, maybe five minute things that played in between shows on Nickelodeon and someone put it together and they go, okay, knowing what we know that this guy is probably a pervert that was grooming minors, watch this. And it looks like you're watching porn. It's her, her sitting on a bed, but then like, um, there's a whole lot of feet stuff. She's yeah. in weird positions. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I'm going to squirt water on my face. It's just like, okay, clearly this is someone's perversions here. Yeah. And they got away with it. 
but like it's obvious what it is and the more and more stuff like Nick Lewin just said oh we cut ties with him but didn't give a reason like we know the reason yeah you're just trying to not get in trouble so I'm I'm very curious about this book if I see it through work I'll probably try to grab it um, yeah I, I I was definitely gonna I was gonna wait for the audio um just because I got so many books on the go right now like I just can't take on another book um so, you know, audio I usually listen to before I go to sleep, so. Yeah, so I'm, well, I'm, I'm uh, interested. Yeah. Um, and I, I can do a follow-up from uh, previous week's stuff. Sure. Um, so, one, uh, they found $5 million more that Vince, of money Vince McMahon hid in Hush Money. Hmm. Um, we don't know where that went to or for what or anything, but $5 million more has been found. Yeah. And... Within the last couple of weeks, uh, his son-in-law there, Triple H, fully took over creative. And every show for Raw and SmackDown, and, and we're starting to see a little bit maybe happening on NXT, but Raw and SmackDown and the pay-per-views keep having, uh, every episode's had something to get people going. Um, on uh, SummerSlam, big pay-per-view, which was the first one he did, mm-hmm. uh, Bailey, Bailey who had been out for over a year with an injury, came back, brings back two other girls with her, one that had been released and one that everyone thought wasn't going to resign. So now they have this, like, all-girl group now. Hmm. Um, he's brought back uh, a couple people that his dad had fired over the last few years that no one else had picked up. And he's like, I had big plans for you, now I'm in charge and I'll bring them in. And uh, we're recording this uh, late Thursday but there's rumors of like two or three names being brought back Friday on SmackDown too. That's so cool. he's really, yep. And then, uh, they, they inherited the United States title from, uh, WCW and, mm-hmm. uh, then WA before that. And that title's just been there. It's been a secondary title on one of the shows for, you know, like 20 years since they bought it out, but it's rarely really meant something. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you have someone like John Cena who's like, "Okay, I'm a star, so I'm going to try to make this belt a star too." Yeah, they did like a three five minute. Here's what this title is. Here's the history. And here's what it matters. And now we're going to have people fight for it. And I'm like, "All right, in three minutes, you made this title let mean more than you've done in twenty years." Yep, and it's because of your change and who's running it. So it's it's been very interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of wrestling Twitter and my own you know, chat groups now, it's like, okay, it really feels like what's going to happen next. It's starting to feel like I got to tune in because I'm going to miss something. Yeah. They ran uh, on raw this week. They ran a story in the background. Uh, someone was being interviewed in parking lot and in the background, it looks like there was a car accident and there's police taking a report and all. And you're like, well, that's weird that they would show that. Like why, why wouldn't they just do this? Uh, you know, backstage interview at a different angle and not show something going on here. And, uh, like an hour later, they're backstage again. You see the car being taken away in the tow truck. You see, and then you see police running towards something and you don't know what's going on. You're like, well, this is weird. And, uh, at the very end of the show, you see someone running, trying to hop over the guardrail and get pulled away by security. And it's a wrestler that got released like half a year ago that they're pretending, you know, for storyline is they're unwanted. Yeah. And and that he was the one sneaking into the show and the cause of the car accident, the police and everything. I'm like, that's just new. That's just something fun. 
Yeah. And we're all like enjoying it again. I'm not saying it's, you know, the crazy attitude era and NWO and DX and all that, but we got something, something fresh again. Yeah. And it's been a while. Well, that's good. At least, at least some good's coming out of this, this whole Vince yeah, McMahon debacle. Yeah, a, a regime change. Yep. Excellent. Um, so real quick, I just wanted to throw in there, I just saw tonight that Rick and Morty Season 6 premieres September 4th. Looking forward to that. But... Going back onto the wrestling train, we'll move into Brain Candy. Um, so last episode, not the, yeah, the, I guess the last episode as of this recording of the Pop Culture Pub, um, I was talking about TV channels, how I wanted them to go back to the way they were, and so on and so forth. Um, and I mentioned A and E. Mm-hmm. I got. I gotta say, I didn't realize that A and E was the, like a home for wrestling now on a Sunday night, <laughs> um, and I'm glad it is because I'm. I've been uh, uh, on my PVR recording uh, WWE Rivals, and man, I'm loving that. I'm you know like I've watched the Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle one, um, uh, you know the one with the NW, you know the Attitude Era. Um, and you know, these, these episodes are hosted by Freddie Prince Jr., who I didn't realize wrote for the WWE. At one uh, point, yep. yeah. <clears throat> and he's just like a super fan. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just think this is excellent, but I mean, you know, going to the, the TV channel thing, like it does fit in with arts and entertainment because, you know, entertainment is WWE. Um, so for me, for me, it makes absolute sense that, that, uh, you know, A&E is doing this. Um, and then they do like a, there's one called Smack Talk with, where they talk about, I think the the episodes, uh, yep. with Jackie Redmond and, uh, I can't, uh, I think JBL's in there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've, I've I've been been enjoying it, and then they've been doing biographies about certain wrestlers. Um, I can't remember which one I watched, um, but yeah, it, it's just it's been fantastic. Um, and I have a whole bunch that I'm recording this Sunday that I missed. So uh, yeah, I gotta say WWE rivals on A and E. It's fantastic. I, I really enjoy it. Have you, well, have you been mean, checking like, it out at all there, Kev? No, I've been missing that. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to end up finding a, uh, I'll, I'll say a version online. <laughs> so watch. Well, um, I, I, I wonder, do, they, do these also air on the WWE Network? Well, WWE Network doesn't really exist in the States anymore. Um, oh. they, they sold the rights of it to Peacock, which is NBC. Right. Right, I, I so then, remember that. And, yep, so then NBC doesn't really have the connection to A&E. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> and usually, like, even, even Raw and SmackDown, they're not on uh, WWE Network or Peacock right away. It takes, like, two weeks to a month for the episodes to go up. Oh, okay. Um, they're not, like, next day airings on there. Yeah. Um, 
but A and E years ago when they had uh you know when but the biography series was a lot bigger, they did do a couple wrestling ones. They did like mm-hmm. a Stone Cold and a Rock one. Uh, oh, and Andre the Giant one was huge. Yep. Uh, you know, pun not intended there. But they had a lot of good ratings for it and a lot of attention for that one. And they also, oh my god, it's probably thirty years ago now, almost. But they had uh, the unreal, the unreal story of professional wrestling. It was like this two-hour documentary of the history of wrestling from carnivals up until, you know, sports mm-hmm. entertainment. Yep. And did very well. Even every time they replayed it, it always did well. So A&E's kind of always liked the wrestling ones. Mm-hmm. But I know they had, I know one of these recent ones was a Lex Luger biography that people are going nuts for. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one yet. Uh, I they did one about the Undertaker. I didn't. I I think I accidentally deleted it. So I think that's one of the ones that they're replaying that I'm recording this weekend. Um, but yeah, no, it it it's great. You know, I you know like the whole Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, um, you know rivalry. I I, I really liked it because you know like they. Focus on um, Brock Lesnar, you know, uh, being, uh, what is it, NCAA wrestling champion. And then, of course, Kurt Angle being, you know, Olympic gold medalist, um, having them wrestle. And then it made me think about Chris Benoit because, you know, like that was also the time when, you know, like Angle and Benoit used to wrestle against each other a lot, too. Yeah. And, um, and then I was on YouTube, and yeah, it's like YouTube read my mind because all of a sudden there's like a new Benoit documentary on one of my true crime uh, subscriptions. So I oh I, I watch that again. Um, sorry, that reminded me because uh, Benoit previously we talked about the Dark Side of the Ring series. Yes, yep. Which it looked like Vince McMahon was trying to like kind of bury it and like, oh, we'll help, we'll help out. Vice Channel as WWE and sign their own deal. It's like, no, you want to control the narrative for it because you look, you're looking bad for this stuff. Yep. Well, the Rock's company, the Rock's production company, entered a deal with Vice that they're going to produce a series called The Territory, and huh. it's going to be about all the small, like all the stories from the smaller territories. I yep. got to imagine Stampede will be on there at some point. That would be awesome. I'd really love to see that. Yeah. So I mean, they just announced it, so we're probably like a year away. Yet at least from, you know, the full series being up there. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a great history lesson for stuff. Uh, one of the ones they did, I, well, it was the Rivals, where they did um, the, the whole WWE, or WWF, and WCW Monday Night Wars. Like, that was a great episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Dark Side of the Ring, I still have to finish that series. Um it, it, again, it was fantastic too. But uh, no, I just thought that was hilarious. That you know, I was flipping through the channels. And I'm like, what's all this wrestling doing on on A and E? This is awesome. I'm I'm glad it is. And like, yeah, like you mentioned, like I remember back, you know, 20 years ago, more than that, they used to show uh, darks or um, wrestling with shadows. The the Brad, Brad oh, Hart. Yep. yep, that was a good one. Yeah, I remember seeing that on A and E a lot. So, yeah. Um, All right. So, for me, for this week, for Brain Candy, The Orville Season 3 just wrapped up. I'm not going to spoil it. Have you watched it at all, Kev? Not any of it yet. Okay. Um, I'm not going to... I won't spoil it. Uh, 
But I will say, Episode 9 of Season 3 of The Orville is better than any Star Trek Next Generation movie. It's better than the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, obviously. Wow. And it's And it's better than anything they've done with the new Trek shows. Um, like, this, this could have been a feature film. Like, it was awesome. Like, it was so good. The special effects were on point. The story was great. It was an hour and 20-minute episode. Um, I love the fact that, like, a lot of these episodes are over an hour. Like, Seth MacFarlane just, you know, like, now that he's not restricted, you know, by the Fox, you know, you know, having to show commercials and, you know, those time constraints, they just tell the stories they want to tell. And this penultimate episode, like I said, was like a fe- watching a feature film. Like, it was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, like, at the end of the episode, like, you know, like, I, I think Lillian said she cried at the end of the episode because um, it was so moving. And I, and like, yeah, I was getting teary-eyed for sure. Uh, and then the final episode um, was also fantastic. Like, it was, like... It hasn't been officially renewed for a fourth season, and I know, like, they, they've started a petition, you know, like, they've been a- after, you know, uh, Seth MacFarlane to, to continue with this. Um, but if this was the last episode of the Orville, I would be okay with it. Because um, it, it, was, it was a great season finale. It could be a great series finale. It, it ended on a high note, on a happy note, um, and yeah, it uh, it's, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. Uh, so yeah, uh, sad to see that it's it's ended, but hopefully, uh, it'll it'll um, keep going. Um, I watched the first episode of Sandman on Netflix. I liked it. It they definitely changed a few. Th- you know, changed a lot of things, but I think the the bones of the Sandman comic are still there. From what I've read, I'm still reading uh, the the series, but I liked it. I liked episode one. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, also, the penultimate episodes of Westworld season four and Better Call Saul, um, both like. The season finale of Westworld Season 4 is this Sunday. And then the final episode of Better Call Saul is this Monday. But their penultimate episodes this week were great. Like, they were fantastic. Uh, West, Especially, what, like, I want to give kudos to Westworld Season 4 because I was... Like, the first season of Westworld, I really believe, is one of the best seasons of television ever made. Like, it was it was such a an awesome concept. And they did such a good job with it. The writing was was great. The special effects were great. So season two, I knew they were going to have a hard time because, you know, you can't really surprise anyone anymore. So season two wasn't as good as season one. Uh, and then season three, I really, I honestly didn't even remember most of it. Uh, I had to watch a recap video. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, that happened. But this season, season four is real, like it's probably, it's almost as good as season one. Like they really brought it back in a great way. 
uh, Aaron Paul from from Breaking Bad, and he was also and it's funny because he was also on the, this episode of Better Call Saul as well. Uh, Aaron Paul this season on on Westworld season four, he is an amazing actor. Like I knew he he was great as Jesse on Breaking Bad. And, you know, he's been on a couple episodes now of Better Call Saul as the Better Call Saul timeline is now intermixing with the Breaking Bad timeline. Um, like, I knew, always knew he was a good actor on those shows, but seeing him on this show, like, man, that, that guy is a great actor. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Uh, I watched the documentary on... Netflix called Trainwreck. It's uh, about Woodstock '99, which took place where I live right now. Excellent. Well, I guess not excellent, but yeah. Um, so you didn't go, Kev? I'm assuming. No, um, I I was not living in this area yet. Oh. I actually moved down like ten years later. Um, but I I was growing up only like an hour and a half away, and I knew people that went. I just, I didn't have any interest in being, like, out in the sun for three days. Yeah. You know, doing all that. And, you know, I I knew the, I'll, I'll put it as, I knew the party atmosphere, and that's just not my scene either. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, like, I, I go by that, you know, where it was all the time. Um, I know people that were there and all. I have to watch this documentary. And there are people that still have horror stories from living here of, like, you know, um, finding people camped out on their front lawn, mm-hmm. like people that were abandoned here. Yeah. You know, people trying to find their way homes, like all sorts of stories. Yeah. Well, one thing that they didn't really touch on, but it was a thing that happened, was um, sexual assaults. Like they kind of just oh, yeah. kind of glazed over it because, yeah, like the, some of the footage they show, it's like, man, like, yikes. But, um, I just remember back in 1999, that was a that was a hard summer for me because I just bought my my first car. Uh, it was a '97 Grand Am, Pontiac Grand Am, and it was a two door, so it was con- it was considered a sports car. Um, and being like, I don't know what it's like in the states, Kev, but in Canada, when you're a young man, uh insurance is crazy until you're 25 like you pay through yeah. you know, like crazy insurance rates as compared to a woman of the same age um because i guess statistically men get into more stupid accidents as a young man yeah. than women do so that summer like my car payment was 374 dollars a month and my insurance was 280 a month. And I remember at like just after I got my car, my hours got cut back at, at my job. I lost eight hours uh, a paycheck. So that summer, I didn't do a lot. I, I sat at home a lot that summer. And I remember Woodstock weekend. I remember tuning into MTV you know because mtv canada was like a new channel at the time i remember tuning in to, to in there watching you know some of the stuff that they would show 
you know, seeing the deterioration throughout the weekend and then ultimately, like, you know, like the, the fires and the rioting that happened Sunday night, um, I remember watching it as it was happening. Uh, so seeing this documentary, uh, you know, was very nostalgic for me because it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was, you know, 23 years ago. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy that, that it's been that, that long. And I, and there was another documentary that I, th- I can't remember where, I think I seen it on Crave where they talked about Woodstock 99. I seen it earlier this year. Uh, but this one was, I think, a little bit more in-depth because there was three episodes. Each episode represent, you know, the first episode's Friday, second episode Saturday, last episode is Sunday, and then ultimately, you know, Monday in the, you know, follow. Uh, yeah, definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Um, I finally watched The Godfather. Um you know, this movie came out eight years before I was born. I'm a Sopranos fan. I love the Sopranos. They always made references to The Godfather. And I never watched it. Never, you know. And my sister, for one of my birthdays, or, or I think it was, yeah, one of my birthdays or Christmas or something, she bought me the, the DVDs of The Godfather trilogy. And she said, you have to watch this. And then I didn't, and I have no idea what I did with those DVDs. I think they're in storage. Um, so anyway, I, re- I was walking into uh, one of the drugstores, and they have one of those DVD bins there. And they had uh, the original Godfather on DVD, and then they had uh, Godfather 2 and 3 on Blu-ray. All, like, basically six bucks a piece. Like, it was like you know what, I'm just going to get these, and i got to watch them. So I've wa- I watched the first one. It was great. It really is. It, it is a great movie. Um, even though, like, I know roughly what was going to happen um, because of all the references on The Sopranos and in other pop culture, uh, you know, things that have referenced The Godfather over the years. Um, like, uh, oh, what's that show? Weeds? I don't know if you remember Weeds with uh, yep, I remember Mary Weeds. Louise Parker. I think that's her name. Um, there's a lot of Godfather references in that show, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was like, I remember that scene um, when I was watching The Godfather. So, yeah, fantastic. Uh, and then last but not least, I just got this today, so I haven't actually read it, but I, I, someone posted this on Facebook. Uh, there's a book called which is basically jim lee's x-men trading cards the the trading cards that came out in 1991 basically a guy has put together a book where you can see all the cards and the backs of the cards and then they you know they have uh an introduction by a couple of the marvel guys and you know and they kind of go into into depth a little bit um yeah, someone posted this on Facebook, and I seen the I seen I immediately went to Amazon, ordered it. Uh, it was a one day delivery. I got it today. I've just flipped through it, but yeah, like um, it wasn't too long ago, Kevin. We were talking about trading cards. Um, th- if you love trading cards, if you love those original X Men trading cards, this book is is fantastic. Like I've just flipped through it, but you know they're reprinting all of those X Men trading cards. So. 
yeah so that that's all i got this week kev for brain candy what, what do you have this week um i haven't gone through a whole lot of shows i mean other than wrestling shows mm-hmm. no, no talk there um my kid is still on his teen titans kick hmm. which has been so much fun awesome um and i i never watched all of that uh the first cartoon that teen titans go but the slightly more serious one yeah um i'd never watched it and we were we're all done season one we're watching season two and the new character shows up and he's like what's going on and I, like, I said what do you mean what's going on it's like what's what's going on there's a new character here what's she do i said what's she doing he goes she's flying she's not flying buddy uh she's do she's making explosions she's not making stuff explode buddy pay attention i said what's she doing i go she's moving the earth his eyes got huge. He's like, it's Tara. Tara's here. So excited. Yeah. And so, like, we went through a couple more then. But, like, I'm I'm loving the, you know, there's morals to these episodes. There's nice mm-hmm. lessons and all. But there's just good fun. Um, He had me watch uh, Mr. Beast, his favorite YouTuber, when he recreated all the Squid Game and invited his subscribers to try to play for it. Oh, okay. So he invited 456 subscribers, and every time someone was eliminated from the game, he put $1,000 into the pot. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So he, he recreated Red Light, Green Light, and every other game from the TV series, and eliminated people as they went along. It was crazy. I think he spent... They said he sent about three million to re to build the sets. Yeah, I was like, I wish I had that YouTube money. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, but it's uh, like so cool. We uh, I have to throw this out here just to remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he when when he was younger, he went through you know a little phase for Peppa Pig, a couple months. Okay, yeah. And we're like, all right, you know, it's it's not a great show, but whatever, you know, can deal with it. Um, and then he grew out of it, but now he found these YouTube videos of people remixing episodes, <laughs> and they just yeah. throw like stupid stuff in there or weird edits or whatever. Like, there's one of like, oh, we're all going to go into our to the pool and we'll put on our swimming costumes. And then there's a voiceover, you know, supposed to be like Peppa or in in America, swimsuits. Yeah. And it's stupid stuff like here's Peppa and her swimsuit. Here's George and his swimsuit. Here's mommy and mommy's swimsuit. And here's daddy also in mommy's swimsuit. Like just <laughs> stupid stuff like that. But we're losing it. Like at yeah. first I'm like, this is the weirdest, dumbest thing. And the more we watch, I'm cracking up every time with him for it. Yeah. It's so silly and fun if people can find that out there. Um, let's see. I read, I don't think I mentioned it last one. I read uh, Dark Ark, Volumes 1 and 2. No, uh, I, don't think, that, I don't think you mentioned that. Nope. Okay, so the idea is that there were two arcs. There was Noah's Ark mm-hmm. that, we're used, that we're used to, and then there was the Dark Ark. Oh, yeah, I think you did. Now that you say that, yeah, I kind of remember yep. this. Yeah. Yeah, had, had the vampires and the yeah. chimera and the manticores and all that on there. And the deal was that the dark arc 
can't attack Noah's Ark. In fact, it has to protect Noah's Ark and make sure it, you know, lasts the 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. So that, it, it's good, um, good, not great. Enjoyed reading it. And, uh, turns out work doesn't have the third volume, but they do have the fourth. So I gotta figure out how I'm gonna find that third one for yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, and then I, I, again, can't remember if I mentioned it. I started to reread The Boys. I'd read the first graphic novel forever ago. Yeah. I got really disturbed by it. Yep. So I start, I started over and it's going okay, but I kind of know what I'm expecting and I haven't started the second, uh, omnibus yet, but that's when we'll get into, uh, you know, stuff I don't know is coming. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be curious here. Um, yeah, a bunch, bunch of other random comic stuff. Oh, Chris, you know what? Here, I'll, I'll put this in here because there's really no good place for it. Okay. Um, are there red lobsters in Canada? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you are familiar with the Cheddar Bay Biscuits? Yes. Okay. Now, at my local comic store, um, they record a podcast and they'll usually get some food, you know, uh to have before they record the podcast. Mm -hmm. And they, one week they said, well, let's get Red Lobster. You could like get it to go and they could, you could bring it back here. And then they found out that you can order the Cheddar Bay biscuits as part of your pickup order of like a half dozen, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for an order, but there's no limit on them. So they're saying, oh, I, well, I would eat a whole half dozen on my own. Oh, well, I would eat 12 on my own. Oh, I could eat 20 on my own. So they got like one up in each other. Yeah. So now they're going to have a contest for how many they can eat in one hour. Oof. So, Chris, my question is to you. How many do you think you could eat in one hour? Oh, not that many. Like, the th the, well, the thing is, I don't know what it's like in, in the States, but up here, they're genuinely kind of dry. Um, they're delicious, but yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they are. Like, you you know, you put some butter on them, they're fantastic. Uh, but they're kind of dry though. Like to, you know, like to me, it'd be like, you know, like that, uh, soda cracker challenge, you know, like I, I just think you, yeah. your, your mouth would dry out. Yeah. So they, they said for their contest, you can have any drink you want, as many drinks that you want. For, oh, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I mentioned, I said, well, could you like dip it in a drink? Kind of like the Nathan's hot dog contest where they dip the bun in water. Yeah. And they're saying, you know, well, no, then it's soggy. It ruins the taste. I'm like, I don't think you guys are going to eat as many of these as you think you are. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to get really chalky and tough mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Yep. And I, 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 my current guess is I think that uh, the one who's talking the most will end up eating the least. <laughs> and, yeah. and the one who's been quiet about it will, will be the sleeper and will have the most. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be kind of interested to, to see how many of those get eaten. Because, yeah, I don't think it would be as much as people think. No, and they're thinking like 25 to 30 each minimum. I was like, you're, I go, I, I'm, I'm thinking 12 is pushing it. Well, the, th well, the only thing is like, because they're, they're saying an hour, right? Yeah. What I would do. Is I would just have a contest like just eat till you can't eat anymore. That's what I was thinking. Because if you set out a time limit, then you can pace yourself, right? And it's 
like I think if you paced yourself, you'd do okay. Whereas if you were trying to get as many as you can as fast as you can, you wouldn't do as well. Yeah. Well, and I think the time limit is because the way that they're all stubborn. Mm-hmm. If they had no time limit on it, you know, I could see some of them taking like a twenty-minute break and then coming back and eating more. Yeah, you would definitely have to have some rules in that regard. Like, you know, once you sit down, you can't leave type of thing. Yeah, you can't throw up, but keep going. Yeah, yeah exactly. So apparently I'm going to go Monday after work to see this festivity. All right, well, let us know next episode what <laughs> happens, because I am interested to find out. Yep, with my with my new gluten-free diet, I will not be partaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... All right. Well, before we go, I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, so this last weekend, I went to um, they. It's called the Blue Suede Music Festival. It's in a in a neighboring town to me, um, where they get Elvis tribute artists to come in, and it's it's it's, it's like a festival. Um, you know, they have the stage. It's all outdoors and stuff. Um, I've been going for several years. This is the first year that they had it in Westlock, which is the neighboring town. They used to have it in, in another town, well, smaller town. It's like a village uh, called Busby. Um, but they moved it to Westlock because, I guess, Busby got a little greedy, wanting more money, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, they moved it to Westlock, which was way better because, you know, the venue was a lot more open and, and uh, you, you know, there's room to walk around and stuff, which I, I appreciated. I'm not the biggest Elvis fan, but I love going to that festival. You know, I, I, I love uh, listening to Elvis music. And also, uh, these tribute artists also do other singers, like the one guy did Johnny Cash, and he was amazing. Like, that was probably my favorite uh, tribute artist uh, moment was the Johnny Cash one. Um and then I won a couple things on on the silent auction. I won a picture of Elvis. It's uh, the USA Elvis stamp, um, framed. It's like a like a big version of it. Um, and then I won a Todd McFarlane Elvis action figure that's still in its oh, original cool. packaging. Um, and then yeah, it, it, it was a fantastic time. And then Sunday I took my daughter to. Edmonton for a convention called Animathon, which is an anime convention, and I actually got to meet uh, Ragnar there. Ragnar was there selling his uh, his stuff, um, which I didn't realize he was going to be there. Uh, I was actually sitting at at the Blue Suede Music Festival on Saturday, and I seen Ragnar posted something about being in Edmonton or something, and I was like, hmm. And I'm like, uh, where are you at? And, oh, I'm just at Animathon. I'm like, well, I'll see you tomorrow, because, <laughs> you know, my, my <laughs> daughter and I are coming. Um, so, yeah, I got to see Ragnar, got to visit with him. Uh, I took some pictures. I, I put them up on social media, so if anyone wants to check that out, they're up there. Um, and yeah, it, like I'm not the world's biggest anime fan. Like I mean, I like Astro Boy, uh, Attack on Titan. I really enjoyed, uh, although I haven't finished that. Um, but my daughter, she's huge into anime. She big Sailor Moon fan, and 
yeah, it was great. There was so much, uh, so many people there, so much cosplay. Um, Ragnar says like, because this is he's been to a few of these now, and he said like he thinks next year it's they're gonna have to have it at the Oilers Arena because it just gets bigger and bigger with every year. So uh, yeah, that's what I did this weekend, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. So now um, you both found good stuff there, though. Yes, um, me not so much because again there was more anime stuff. Like I bought a couple things off Ragnar. Um, I also got, I got a couple pops. I got, uh, a Hannibal Lecter pop, um, <coughs> from Silence of the Lambs. And, uh, I think it's kind of cool. Cause like the, you know, like the way the pops are, they have like that, uh, um, the visible screen that you can see the pop through. Yeah. But in his one, there's like blood spatter on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty cool. So that I didn't take it out of the package. That's that's just sitting on the shelf. Um what else did I get? I didn't get a whole lot um at Animathon, but uh, my my daughter she got some Sailor Moon uh figurines that are that are pretty nice. So yeah, it was a great time. I'll I'll definitely go back next year. Um, my own, like, but I, I I don't know. I I have to look into more anime. I think I need to do book, more research because one thing I didn't understand is there was a lot of young men walking around in French maid outfits, and, <laughs> and I'm like, what is that about? Like, um. And my, my daughter said it. It's from an anime, but she wasn't sure which one. And I was like, huh. You know, obviously I'm out of touch. I got I got to find I got to find out more about this. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. And, and then next month is the Edmonton Expo, assuming COVID hasn't come back. You know, because there's rumors floating around that uh, where we live uh, in Alberta that there might be more COVID protocols coming into place but i haven't actually heard anything official that's just a rumor so i'm hoping things will be okay like this this convention proved you know like you could have a bunch of people and and i haven't heard any anything bad come from it so you know hopefully and again i'll get to see ragnar because he's going to be at at the edmonton expo so nice yeah that's what i'm looking forward to um because Lou Ferrigno is going to be there. Um, Kevin Smith and all them are going to be there. I was going to... There was a convention in, in another city called Grand Prairie that I was going to go see Lou Ferrigno at earlier this year. Uh, but that's the weekend I got really sick, so I didn't actually get to go. And George Takai was going to be there, so I was going to go see him again. But So, but uh, yeah. Edmonton Expo, I'm looking forward to it. But anyway, that, that's all I got this week. Kev, did you have anything else you wanted to throw out there? No, no, it's been a, a chill week as I went back to work and got over COVID and mm -hmm. just uh, enjoyed uh, my son's birthday and hanging out with him. Excellent. Yeah, I seen it was his birthday. Happy birthday to him. Um, all right, well, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the Internet. So, Kevin, where can I find you, sir? 
right, you can find me across most social medias at Masked Library. Uh, MaskedLibrary.com is my home blog. And then I also do uh, some podcasts, some articles, and some videos over at TheRetroNetwork.com. Excellent. Uh, you can catch me here at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. Occasionally I do a blog over at randomnerdness.blogspot.com. I haven't blogged there for a while. been kind of taking it easy for the summer. Um, and yeah, we will be back again with uh, more episodes of Pop Culture Pub, uh, Geek Fallout Reloaded, and Trek 1701. Uh, so yeah, on behalf of Kevin and myself, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Geek Follow Reloaded. This was the News and Discussion Podcast for Geeks by Geeks, and we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. Guess mine is not the first Getting over you You know I'm just a fool Who's willing To sit around And wait for you But baby can't you see There's nothing else for me What I